up everybody it is marcia b and we are back with another episode of the introvert in the city podcast so this week i am actually switching things up a little bit um some of you may know that i am an editor for hello beautiful and back in september i did an interview with diane valentine so diane valentine is a media maven she's been an entrepreneur since high school practically um she throws events and she also has a couple of beauty supply stores in the california area uh, by the name of glow and flow and so i had the privilege of interviewing her and just learning more about what makes her tick how she's been handling covid and more importantly like just inspirational words for people who are diving into uh, the entrepreneurship uh, lifestyle. And so she had, she dropped like amazing gems and I thought it would be cool to air that interview um, on the podcast. So this is like a very, very behind the scenes type of interview. This is the interview that I do to get the write up that I would do for Hello Beautiful. Um, so this is like the behind the scenes. And I just I just really appreciated her candidness and just her openness and her advice and literally everything. So thank you so much, Diane, um, for dropping these gems. And guys, I'm so excited for you to hear this. If you are really trying to dive into starting your own business, I think that this is an episode you will not want to miss. So without further ado, this is Marsha B interviewing Diane Valentine for Hello Beautiful. Well, I'm excited to speak with you today. Um, Very interested in learning more about your uh, store. And I'm going to start with a very simple question. What does it mean to you to be a Black-owned, woman-owned business owner? Um, really, it's, it's the definition of me kind of walking in my purpose. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I started my first company when I was a senior in high school. And I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. So... Um, the thought of working for someone else really never, ever kind of crossed my psyche. Like I've never wanted a job. I've never wanted to work for someone else. I just wanted to figure it out on my own so that I could have an opportunity to make sure, you know, my children had jobs and hopefully leave behind a legacy and create some generational wealth in the process. That is so beautiful because that is exactly how I feel. Um, and I'm still catching up to that whole concept of, of solely working for myself. So I, I identify with that. What advice do you have to other people or people like myself who really want to embark on that journey and they're scared to make that, that plunge? Um, I would say, you know, stay the course because nothing is going to happen overnight. You know, I get a lot of young people that go, wow, Diane, how did you do it? I mean, you know, you were so big in events and it happened so fast. And I remind them that it didn't happen fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a really, really long time and, and nothing happens overnight. So be prepared to stay the course and don't be discouraged 
by the rough times or the rough patches or the down times because, you know, the Bible says that all things come to pass. So that means that good times and bad times don't last forever. So if you can just hang on, you will get to the other side of it. Um, and then the bad times prepare us for, you know, the mountaintop moments when mm-hmm. we can enjoy the fruits of our labor. And the good times prepare us for the next valley because as long as you keep living, it, it's coming. It's just around the corner and you just got to, hopefully the, the good times, the more good times you have, they prepare you better for the next, uh, you know, the next down moment that's coming. Okay. There has been a huge spike in uh, black women starting their own businesses. Um, what are your thoughts around that? Specifically, the spike in black women um, starting their own businesses and them them also being the most underfunded. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that the, the huge influx of, of black female entrepreneurs we're seeing is really out of necessity because we are, we are locked out of opportunities in corporate America. We are, you know, constantly struggling to find our place. We are overeducated. We're the most educated, you know, women on the planet. And yet we still can't get past those glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing more and more entrepreneurs that are just becoming entrepreneurs out of the fact that I just can't seem to get past this director position or this VP position because there, you know what I mean? Like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to be working 70, 80 hours a week, I might as well do it for myself. So that's what I see. I see it. And when I say necessity, we do it because our lives depend on it. Our lives depend on it. Our children's lives depend on it. And our community's lives depend on it. Okay. Uh, tell me about Glow and Flow. Um, Glow and Flow, really our our parent company is Haley Beauty Holdings and Glow and Flow is a series of of locations in the, in the beauty space, right? So our first location is a hair extension studio and a beauty supply store. So it's a luxury salon, um, in a very diverse neighborhood and we, we do affordable hair extensions for, for women of all colors. We offer eight different techniques. And then we also have a beauty supply store within that location. Our second location is solely retail. Um, and it is a, a Black-owned, you know, Black beauty supply store in the heart of Inglewood in Los Angeles. We have a huge, a, a decent footprint of about 3,000 square feet, which is good for a California store. Um, and then we have a third location that is currently in escrow right now. So we anticipate closing before the end of the month on a commercial building um, where we will own the land and open up our third location, which will also be uh, strictly a retail location for um, Black Beauty Supplies. Great. And so will you be marketing solely Black-owned beauty uh, products? You know, we we sell other products because Black people don't just use Black beauty supplies. You know, black yeah. beauty supply products. Mm-hmm. We kind of use, you know, we kind of use whatever works best for our hair. But I think that we are true to who we are, who yeah. we are, and who we represent. We are not shying away from the fact that we are black owned. We're not trying to hide it. You know, we are we are sharing it with the community. We welcome everyone, but we are very clear about who we are. Okay. 
And what do you think has been your biggest challenge as a business owner during the pandemic? Um, during the pandemic, um, I would say for our extension studio, the biggest challenge has been that we had to close for three months. So that's been, you know, financially devastating for that business. Um, we're open again now, but we're trying to figure out what our pivot looks like um, with the extension studio and where do we go from here. Um, thankfully, our beauty supply store was really on the front lines of the pandemic. My husband is my business partner and very early uh, when COVID hit, he happened to be at one of our suppliers and he saw a box of masks and he said, what are you guys doing with those? Why do you have those? They said, oh, I don't know. They've just been here for a while. And he said, okay, well, can I buy them? And he bought them. He bought like 5,000 masks. And within a week, it was a pandemic and the whole city was shutting down. So we um, got a lot of media coverage because of that. And people were coming as far, you know, they were coming as far away as 100 miles to come to our store because we had, we had masks, we had hand sanitizers, we had 99 cents percent pure alcohol. So I think part of, you know, part of the fallout from COVID is that we had the foresight, you know, to anticipate what was going to happen and how we could be of service to the community. Okay, that's great. And and your husband was very um good for him listening to his intuition and, and getting those masks because like you couldn't have predicted COVID. No. <laughs> no, none of us could have predicted it. Us. So um, that's great that, you know, he, he was able to listen to his intuition and, and get that. Yeah. And we've only sold, you know, the difference I also think is we've only sold medical grade masks. Mm-hmm. So we've sold surgicals and the, the KN95, which is the Chinese equivalent to the N95. Yeah. And so even though masks are all the rage now and they're very popular and you can buy them on every corner, we still just remain true of just having a medical grade mask because initially we thought, you know, in black neighborhoods, we're always the last people to get resources. You know, we're always the last to get funding, the last to get resources, the last to get emergency aid. So when we bought the mask, we were thinking, okay, we will truly be able to serve the people, you know, in our community that look like us and and help them be safe. And we were shocked you know, with the with the widespread reach we had of, you know, people coming from Beverly Hills and Calabasas and San Diego mm-hmm. to our stores. Wow. So what is next for you and for your businesses? What's what's next on the horizon for Diane? Um, the immediate, you know, next <laughs> is this third location. Um, you know, my husband and I, we have very specific goals and we entered into the beauty space buying two existing businesses so the beauty supply store and the extension studio were existing businesses that we bought because we hadn't worked in beauty before and Mm -hmm. so wanted an opportunity to really fast track our learning and felt that was the best but now that we're in it we understand the business we understand the consumer we also know that we won't enter into another location unless we own the land okay because I, I know this, believe it and know it wholeheartedly that ownership is the only thing that can save black people. Mm-hmm. It is not ending racism. It is not, you know, a fair opportunity. It's not reparations. 
Like none of that is going to save us. No politicians are going to save us. No black leaders are going to save us. Ownership is going to save us because people respect people with money. People respect people with resources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had many conversations with my, you know, my white and my Jewish colleagues and friends, uh, particular when the riots happen and civil unrest and, you know, and they've said, Diane, you know, we want to help. We want to help. Like, we don't understand why do you guys tear up your own neighborhood? And I told them people, we, people tear it up because we don't own anything. When you don't own anything, you have no connection to, to the it. community. You, yeah. you don't care about the house you're renting because it's not yours. You don't care about the local Walmart or the local Target because you don't own it. Mm -hmm. You don't own it and you're not even treated like a valuable consumer. Yeah. So we know that, you know, our path to freedom is through ownership. So that's something we're doing. And we're also looking at developing a program that's going to help black women on that same path to ownership in the beauty space. Nice. Nice. I am so excited to first of all write this uh this interview up because you are really dropping some some gems honestly um and i think that a lot of this speaks to this current generation that is just tired yes. of so much so thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and let me know if there's anything else that you want me to include any information that you feel should absolutely be included in this interview uh, thank you thank you i think the the the, uh, the only thing that i i think it is fair to mention is that you know black people have always gone through these moments of you know unrest and civil rights because i feel like i feel like we're back in the we're in the modern day civil rights movement right now mm -hmm. where we're at and i think that coming out of the 60s and coming out of the civil rights movement and we came into an era uh, that I call you know the golden years the hip-hop years right when black people had money for the first time first generation millionaires were birthed out of out of hip-hop and during that you know a surgence of success and successful black people we forgot we forgot you know our path to freedom which is you know which is through ownership and so now black people are being reminded again that even even having good jobs even having a big house on the hill playing in the nfl playing in the nba we are still not exempt from mm -hmm. people shutting us out and so one of my missions is to ensure that customers that come into our store are aware of the of the brands that we carry that are black owned now that doesn't mean that I need to bash non-black owned brands because we carry them all. Yeah. But what I can do is I can help my customers be conscious consumers. Because too often we use the excuse that we just didn't know. Yeah. Because we don't want to take the time and do the research or find the black businesses or find out who, you know, who's black in the community, who actually owns the business. We don't want to do that work. So I'm saying when you come into our stores, we'll do the work for you. We will make sure that you are aware of what brands are black owned. And now you have a choice. And now it's up to you whether or not you really practice what you preach. Or if you just kind of, you know, waving the black flag because it's, it's popular right now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for this. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I really enjoyed this interview. 
Um, and that was the interview with Diane Valentine. A huge thank you to you, Diane, for just dropping so many gems um, for, of course, the Hello Beautiful audience and now the Introvert in the City listeners. Um, I got so much from that interview. I was so fed and it um, really just put a lot into perspective for me about, you know, being a black woman who is trying to uh, have her own business and be an entrepreneur and the importance of black ownership. I think that is so absolutely 1000% on target. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, as far as the manifestation episode, that is going to air next week. You know, couldn't get stuff together in time, but everything happens in the right time. And so next week I'll be back with Janine and we will talk about manifestations. Just an FYI, um, I'm coming to an end. The season one of the Introvert in the City podcast will be ending soon, sometime in, in November. Um, 17 is my angel number, so I would like to record 17 episodes. And then, um, you know, I'm going to take a little breather and, um, you know, figure some shit out, figure life out, figure out my next steps, um, figure out season two. So thank you guys for rocking with me. I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day. And I'm signing out. Peace.